can't roll low if I want to, but Craig Houliston can. Watch as he kills my panther with a lowly tin can. I can't roll low if I want to, though I try and try and try. When my ten egg three he rolls an MC, and then my ten egg three dies. Fully dice, fully dice, they're out of control. Fully dice, fully dice, oh look, another roll low. I can't roll low if I want to, my dice come up high. But I see Craig, it's another snake, guys, and then I cry. I can't roll low if I want to, though I try and try and try. When my 10 egg 3 rolls an NMC, and then my 10 egg 3 dies. Oh, he dies, he dies, he's out of control. Holy dice, holy dice, so look, another roll low. Another low roll. Oh, holy dice. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's me, Jeff. And Dave. And there's Dave. And we are the Two Half Squads. The one and only podcast on the net dedicated 90% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. And we are your hosts. And the other 10% is dedicated to what? My model diorama of <laughs> La Brea Tar Pits. Your model building. Yes, that's right. I knew it was something good. good and whatever other banter you have today. Good to see you. Well, you were at home today. Yeah. I went to the doctor the other day and uh, we were talking about something that needs to be done. He said, you know, it's nothing to worry about. It's not a big deal. He said, you're young. I said, excuse me? He said, you're young. He was Doctors usually don't get my humor. So I'm in there joking around and stuff. And they're just like, what are you talking about? Well, so I kept I'm... saying, would you say that one more time into the microphone? And he didn't quite get it, but I, I like that doctor. I'm going to give him a nice big Christmas bonus. So I get, it's official. I'm young. Well, regarding certain things and compared to certain people they see. I'm, yeah, maybe so. I'm just feeling kind of good about that. So yeah, I'm having a good week. Now, if I could find a doctor that would prescribe more couch time. No, that would that would not be what you need. They keep telling me, you know, get out and exercise, walk, you know, play tennis, play golf, something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a busy man. I'm too busy for that exercise foolishness. Well, while you were working today, Laura and I managed to 
send off her mother and sister who had stayed for the weekend? Oh, send them off? Back to, to Ohio? Oh, back to Ohio. They boarded the ship. Did you put them on the ship and <laughs> yep. a Terry farewell? Off they went. Yeah. And then we uh, played tennis in the 54 degree weather with a fairly heavy wind. And I won 6-3 a set. And then our second set, we only played best of three. I thought you were, your, your nose was turned up a little bit. I thought yes. that, I noticed that. Yes, I beat my wife at tennis today. And a little stuffy with this oh. pollen count. But playing in the wind was fun because you could, I, I think I played the wind a little better than her. So, uh, yeah. And normally she can beat me any day of the week too. Like we take turns, kind of who's going to have a good day. So we're evenly matched, as they say. And so I know what you're thinking. And so I think I played the wind better. I'm like, yeah, if I hit it like there, it might blow it right out. <laughs> yeah. Turn up or, you know, the shot to her, to the feet, you're always trying to get, you had to play it a little differently or whatever, but it was, but anyway, we enjoy playing in adverse conditions <laughs> because we're no good. People who are good, hate playing in adverse conditions. Yeah, I don't like playing in adverse conditions. We went out for a walk today and we decided uh, we got about half a block away and we thought, eh, it's too windy. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Very gusty. Yeah, very gusty today. But And then when you're serving, you're kind of waiting till the wind dies down for a moment. Yeah. because <laughs> you know? autumn, autumn is coming here in the Northern Hemisphere and, uh, well, it's here. So Yes. Yeah, possible frost tonight so really well but laura said it's going to be more north but get your harvest in soon yeah yes we will we'll do that well do you want to see my la brea tar pit model everybody oh, yeah i would like to see how that's going I and, know you... and of course listeners at home we'll put a picture up for you of course on the website yeah so yeah anybody who's yes listening by via podcast instead of the video all right don't want you to get dizzy the benefit of listening at home, you're not. I'm, a, I'm even going to stop my video so that we can Walk just enjoy on. your. Wow. It's better than real life. It's got the a dire wolf on it here. It's got a saber tooth on the back of the. Uh, it's a, not a mammoth, but it's a mastodon. And what's missing, Jeff, from it? Do you remember? What's missing? Yeah, there's an element missing. Here's a clue. Uh, oh, there's a there's a vulture missing, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, what happened? Look, there's just vulture feet. <laughs> Dave is showing me this thing. There are vulture feet at, attached to a limb. There. What happened to the vulture? Well, when I I put when I put this board down, it's in the background to make it a better background. Yeah. I knocked him right off. Oh my gosh. Otherwise, he sits here. Can you see him? Yeah. Okay, so it will look like that once I get him glued back on there. So I already broke it. But that wow. is that's too bad. You know, remember I was at La Brea, we talked about it on the air a year ago, and I'm a big fan of all that prehistoric. Was that a year ago? Get, wait a minute. Was January? That well, January. Oh, January. Okay. Yeah, not quite okay. yet, but close. Yeah. I was getting scared so. there. Well, the model turns out, I mean, that that looks fantastic. 
That Thank really, you. Thanks for now, you don't you don't really do uh, much World War II at all. Not painting. anymore. Yeah. No. Like dioramas and stuff like that. But you were at the uh, Toy Soldier show. Yeah, we talked about that last show, right? With the yeah. swap at nights and stuff. And was there a was there a lot of were there many uh, World War II like uh, diorama type things there? Nope, just toys. Yeah, inter interesting. Yeah. Just toys. Okay. I do have this bomber. Remember, I did this. Here we go. We're flying over, folks. Uh, can you see that? The B-17. I'm getting motion sickness. Blech. How about there? Uh, turn to the right a little bit. There it is. Okay. Yeah, you do have the bomber. Yes, that's nice. And then these World War One. Yeah. Sim simple, simple stuff. Yeah. Very few figures. And that was more for school, showing it at school. Yeah. I'm kids. thinking about uh, getting a something, some kind of hobby, something to do with my hands while I'm watching TV or listening to the radio for the winter. So I've been thinking about doing some models again, World War II models and stuff like that. We'll see if I. You could pick some simple ones. Yeah. Yes, you know me. Because <laughs> well, those tanks are crazy with all the. Yeah. Little, oh yeah. Little There's wheels. Eh, you know. Figures might be better. You know, and of course, painting stuff can sometimes be easy while watching TV or listening to the TV. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of listening to uh, the Prairie Home Companion because <clears throat> all those episodes, and there's about, I don't know, there's about 800 episodes on the website. They're each two hours long. So we've got a lot of listening to do. <laughs> How far in are you now? Uh, about 120 episodes in. So we, we've got about six or 700 left. That's, uh -huh. a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. <laughs> anyway. All righty then. Nothing else new? Nothing else new. Everything else is uh, going well. Well then, on with the show. It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game. And put your opponents to shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. Rules. Rules. All right. That, boys and girls, means it's time for rules. We're okay. still with the nationalities. And last time we did the British, this time let's do the French. Ah, oh, 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 wait a minute. You promised you wouldn't. Yeah, I did, didn't I? I'm sorry, I promised that. Yes. No, I'll, 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 I'll hold to that. <laughs> um, 25.5 French units and the rules pertaining to them apply only until the French capitulation in June of 19. What year, Jeff? Um, 41. Earlier. 40. Yeah. Okay. I know, hard to believe it start, started in September 39. Right. And June of 40 was a French capitulation. And then to the Vichy French, I'm pronouncing that as best I can, I'm fairly sure it's right, thereafter. So if you have free French forces, you're going to look at rule 25.53, which we'll get to. Uh, 
green troops, rule 25.51. The French 437 squads are considered green reservists, not conscripts, and should ordinarily be brought into play by ELR unit substitution. Did I not make questions? Oh, yes, I did. They're coming up. Oh, so one. Okay. What? So they, they, that's how they come in just as uh, ELR substitution. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ordinance. The French have the unique black, red, black chit system. I said chit. Yes. Chit. Thank you. French vehicles use the red numbers. Other French ordnance use the black to hit numbers. I I don't. Oh yeah. Back when I was learning the French and playing all those scenarios. Yeah. I don't remember doing that. Oops. <laughs> so I have. I think I got to apologize right now publicly to anyone I have defeated using the French vehicles. Because the vehicles, I guess that they didn't have a. I don't know what a lot of experience. They use red numbers. I'm the sure there's a lot of a lot of guys out there that have been in therapy ever since they played you <laughs> with the French. And <laughs> I lost to this guy, and he was playing the French. He cheated. He cheated. I suppose all that experience with the ordinance in World War One, right? carry over so they get black numbers yes that that makes sense yeah because tanks were new in the world war one but but i, I probably didn't practice a lot with them. yeah right right um 25.53 free french jeff are there free french counters that were made by broken ground design yes yes there are are there also free french personnel counters made by mmp yes of course yes there are now they are designated by a white cross of lorraine symbol in the upper left hand corner yes whereas the m the um, broken ground i believe were the two-tone if i remember correctly i have them right over there too lazy to look uh, yeah. and the free french came out first with broken ground yes and then with the uh, re-release of Croix de Guerre. Croix de Guerre. Is Free French OBA always treated as British OBA? Yes. Yes, it is. Now, pre-December 1943 equipment for scenarios set prior to December 43, Free French used certain British or British color vehicles guns and support weapons and the rules covering those because they were then using the british equipment um and oh, okay. okay yeah then do uh, these prior. yeah because prior. they're they're without they're the free french yeah yeah so they're the ones supplied by the british yes. and americans later too but um yeah. do these free french use the british stuff then Without captured penalties or with captured penalties? Uh, without captured penalties. That is correct. Because, yeah, okay. they were trained up on them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's a very <laughs> confusing <laughs> sentence that I'm just going to read. 
equipment for scenarios set in or after December 43. Free French use French color, British color, A in parentheses, F in parentheses, support weapon optionally and without capture penalties, C 25.35 and 25.56, certain U.S., parentheses, U.S., color, F, parentheses, parentheses, vehicles, guns, and the rules covering them. Exception, free French inherent crews are considered British when determining their morale as per D 5.1. Um, it's funny you should bring this one up because Robin and I were discussing this the other day um, over a glass of wine. You were and then not. We came to our, then we came to our senses. Every once in a while, she'll break out speaking in tongues, and it's all yeah. this ASL or rule book yeah. stuff. Yeah, someone has to be able to interpret it, or it's not valid. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, what is this? What <laughs> overall? What is overall. this? Saying? Yeah, overall, yeah. the free French use the French color, British colors. They just have a little A or an F to show it's a French weapon or an American with the A in the color of the of the army so i think early on in asl or squad leader even if you had a free french unit you gave them american weapons in the green so you had the blue and the green together right then then they came out with the british color or french colored or american you know or french colored weapons that were american <laughs> so they just put a little a in it it's the same stats as for the so if the American Lend-Lease give you something, it used to be you had to use the American color counters from the American set. But now oh, they, see, they yeah. issued them in the French color with a little A saying this is an American weapon. Here's a question. Do your own rule. Do free French use their own support weapon allotment, OBA availability, and rally factor charts for do your own scenarios? Do free French get their own charts for... Do your own? Oh. Um, I know we've never done a do your own. We never have. You never have. So let me just think this out logically. Do the free French use their own support weapon allotment? Charts. Uh, and, uh, et cetera. Charts. Uh -huh. Boy, I don't think so. Yeah, I would think not, but yes, they think. did publish those now. Well, they did. Yes. Huh. Then can a do-your-own player buy a free French and a Vichy French to use together on the same side? No, I wouldn't think so. And you are correct. You may not. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes good old logic will beat my memory. <laughs> yep. Thankfully. Especially, yeah, since we don't do do-your-own. Um the last rule, 25.58, Vichy French personnel and support weapon counters have the unique two-tone color and are used after June 1940 for Vichy French forces. Do Vichy French use French vehicles and guns sometimes? Do the, do the Vichy French, the captured German, you know, do they sometimes use the French stuff? Yeah. 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 If it was there. They got a hold of it. Yep. Do all the instructions were in French, <laughs> that which made it very handy. <laughs> yes. 
do Vichy French use German support and vehicles and guns sometimes in other circumstances? Yes, I would think so. Just yep. knowing what I know about the history, I would say, yeah. Yes, if they captured them and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. They do. Although it did not come with directions in French in those cases. So they have to yeah, use... Yeah, so they have to get an interpreter. They use their, their phones like... Okay, Google, uh, please uh, translate to German, uh, to German to French. Yep. Oh, oh, there's my phone. <laughs> They're always listening. They're always they listening. listening. It's scary. It's a little scary. Well, hey, Google, are you always listening to me? I'm designed to wait in standby mode until I detect an activation, like when I hear, hey Google. If you're concerned about your privacy, there are steps you can take. If you prefer not to have your conversations included in your Google Home app, we can delete them now. Wow. <laughs> Good thing well, we have nothing to hide. Yes, we no, we, we don't. I'm not interesting enough to be worried about it. <laughs> One other thing, Dave, we, we just took a break here and I, I looked up this one rule because uh, I want to look at it further after the show. But I did notice that the the free French counters, uh, the free French after um, December of 1943, the squads have assault fire capability and they can play, place uh, white phosphorus oh. in 1944. So okay. a couple of things to remember, make them a little more powerful and uh, so if you're not, uh, if you're playing a scenario where it, that are in that time zone and you haven't paid attention to this, you're probably going to get wiped out. Yeah, right. Because the British and the Americans have the white phosphorus too, and they're yeah. supplying them. Probably right. All right. And that is rules. Splendid. What's it time for? Is it time for what's in the box? That is correct, Jeff. It's time for the other half of La Franc Terrier 15. I always love this segment. So I took a little breeze through this 80-page magazine and made a few notes that we'll try to share with you and our listeners. The first note we should share is that you can pick up this lovely piece of publication from Bounding Fire Productions. A sponsor of this show, very good guys, very good friends of ours. Go to boundingfire.com. Look at all the great ASL stuff they have. Buy a bunch. Enjoy yourselves. Holidays are coming up. That's right. Get your, get your own stuff first. And one thing up, too, is an article here on Advancing Fire Productions, the guys from Italy. Oh, yes. Remember, we reviewed their two previous games. Yeah, excellent and stuff. So it looks like this new game is a tournament. Well, it's a tournament director's pack. Oh, okay. So it's What's a scenario. 16 scenarios. Scenario pack. Tournament directors. It's probably okay. smaller. And they'll explain a bit here. They say that some of these have the right size, some not. No scenario is too big, but several are medium-sized and not suitable for most tournaments. The title means that these are scenarios made by a tournament director. Hmm. Me, who is Enrico Cantanzaro. Okay. 
and they've been created for competitive use. So emphasis given on balance. And I, um, he's run for many years the Vassal League and, code, and gives his credentials. So they're not all small scenarios, but he's hoping, claiming, designing them to be uh, balanced for use, better use in a tournament. Yeah. Uh, each scenario uh, played, I have always opened the toy and tried to figure out how OBs, SSRs, and VCs interact and influence each other. The scenario, the scenario could have been improved, and which are the things I liked and disliked most as a player. I also, I love to read SSRs, unlike you. Unlike me. Yeah. <laughs> Even those in scenarios I won't play. SSRs are often the best part of a scenario where the touch of the artist is recognizable by anyone. So he's kind of explaining how he thinks about scenarios. So like they look at one scenario in particular, liberating Bukovina. And I noted that the victory conditions win by exiting a number of infantry non-crew exit VP not prisoners, off the east edge, on or between certain area, greater than or equal to the number bid. So he's also incorporating a bidding system, like the Australian bidding system. And he's saying all scenarios in this pack have a special scenario rule showing the terms of the bid. This example he's giving is to determine sides, players secretly bid a number of Romanian exit VP, greater than seven and less than 14 that they believe they can exit. The higher bidder takes the Romanian side. And then, so he, they lay out a special scenario rule or victory condition, exit how many do you think you can exit? So you pick a number, I pick a number, whoever picked the more challenging number gets to play that side. So what he's saying is he thinks a lot of this too, to play as tournaments, you people would know more about what, looks balanced and doesn't by looking at the scenario and being able to bid on it or having practiced it beforehand, I suppose. And so he shows some of the maps for the scenario that they're gonna use and talk about some options. And then I highlighted this part, play test confirmed that in this scenario, it's hard to find a perfect balance of units attacking the village and the units sent to the village in terms of playing the game. So if you send this many to, to take the village and this many to exit, um, you know, it would take a lot of experience to be able to be good at that. And that of the 16 scenarios in total, five are pure urban combat, three see the presence of a village and none use night rules, but several have some form of LV, including sun blindness. Three have OBA, often in a simplified form. So that's what you can expect in this pack. Of course, all, all of them use the bid system to assign sides and set the VCs. In two of the 16 scenarios, the higher bidder takes the defending side. So there's some variation then again through all that. Okay. Do you know where we can find this? Is it out yet? Or uh, Looks like it's out right now. You can go to advancingfire.com. Um, and you can, you can see what the price is there in euros, which was uh, 
permanent director's pack with is 36 euros if you buy it in Italy, 40 if you buy it in the UK or the rest of the EU. Um, but you can get it in the United, if you live in, in the old United States, you can go to uh, Noble Knight Games, they, they have it, ah. and it's $54.95, which is a very good deal. And I found that link through uh, Board Game Geek. So it's listed on Board Game Geek with a link to um, Noble Knight. A link to Noble Knight. Yeah. So there you go. Excellent. Um, the next article in LFT 15, 30 years of ASL ring. And I've heard, always heard of this ring <laughs> for 30 years. And never really quite, I must have learned about it a couple of times and just forgot. But it, so here's the background. Yeah, tell are, me. Are you wondering, Jeff, about the I'm wondering ring? about the ring. Yeah. Um, it was born in 1991. It's a tournament. Jean-Luc Boss and myself wanted to organize an event together. This is written by Francois Boudringuin. Okay. And six players came for the first tournament with no publicity around the event. Very much influenced by chess tournaments. We proposed one scenario for five rounds of the tournament. Counterattack on the Vistula. So that goes back quite a ways. That's that's the original. Yes, it does. Yeah. Games. He said this is a questionable choice, but we thought it was the best way to understand the rules and come up with a strategy. By the end of the weekend, everybody was a specialist of this scenario. Um, and so totally isolated, we were ignorant of the fact that very strong players lived next door in Belgium. Twin brothers Bruno and Yves Tielemans learned of our existence by pure luck, and it was through them that players from the north of France were invited to the ASL meetings in Brussels, which was organized and supported by ASL News Fanzine. And I had gotten some of those early ASL News Fanzines. They were, I think, in French. Um, I heard about them. And it's probably where the, the ring was just being discussed about this tournament. So anyway, that's kind of, it is a tournament then in Europe. It's interesting. They didn't know how you're in one country and in this other country, there's other ASL players, you know, back in the yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. No internet. Yeah. Uh, over the years, the number of participants has varied from year to year. With 155 having come to the tournament. Wow. There's just a picture of some of the guys. 155 came when? Did it say what year? That's amazing. Oh, over the oh, over the 30 years of the tournament's existence oh, with 155, okay. 155 players. Okay. Yeah, different years, different time. There's a list on a website for the ASL ring that you can Google. We get so excited about any you know numbers around the, in the hundreds. <laughs> And then you look at some of these other kinds of games that people play, especially video games, and they're millions and millions and millions and millions. But yeah, it's better. And then Francois just writes up a nice, uh, interesting article about like being lucky, being unlucky, fun things, funny things at the tournament, at the tournament, what they learned, et cetera. Et Always cetera. enjoy those. I love yeah. those articles. Yeah. Uh, there's a page rundown for the Caslo 33. 33. Mm -hmm. And the tournament had two 5 and 0 players, with the overall winner being wow. determined by one point tiebreakers. Jean Pierre Raymond of Montreal, Quebec, won the tournament, beating Fantastic. Ken Young 
in the scenario, Jackson Jones from Hatton and Flames. Jeff Wasserman of Toronto, Canada came in second, beating Keith Hill also in Jackpot Jones scenario. Congratulations, Congratulations, boys. gentlemen. Yeah. And then there's a article, 10 questions to Steve Swan. Oh, interesting. Our new good friend, Steve Swan. Yeah. Does Steve have to answer the questions or does he just get the answer? Uh, you know, they let him just answer with yes and no. It <laughs> struck me as odd. Not nearly as interesting as, as it could have been. Yeah, like our interview would be much better. Just listen yeah. to him. On. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how long? How did you discover ASL and how long have you been playing? Yeah. He just says, yes. Yes. And then they, they just... Can you tell us a little something about the process that you go through to create new scenarios? No. <laughs> oh, that's silly. It's a, it's a great article. Oh, great okay. article. All right. Yeah, picture of Steve in uniform. Picture of Steve on patrol in Vietnam. That's better oh, than our oh, job. Oh, man. Why wow. We should have got that picture for our show. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Amazing. Yep. And of course, you know, the fascinating thing about LFT, you know, I've heard there's a podcast where they do like satirical songs of ASL and little comedy bits and things. And really, that's a, that's a very creative, but look, you know, with, L, with LFT, you do get, oh my gosh, whole cartoons, pages of cartoons. Yeah. Well, You're going to want to borrow this, aren't you now? I am. Uh, is the cartoon in French then? All the balloons no. of no, the whole magazine's translated. I, I, made, oh. you know, sometimes I put little spelling corrections in my yeah. own copy, yeah, um, because the English it's famous for not being perfectly translated, right? Um, but boy, okay. this this is a is a amazingly fun stuff, you know. Oh, that's cool. That, that's great about gaming. And then you get an article on page twenty-two of the North African. Trailers. Trailers. That's all we get. Trailers. How do you pronounce that, Jeff? Do you know? I'm sorry, I don't. I don't know. In the Tunisian campaign, the armed fist of revenge. So it's the importance of North African troops in the campaigns of Italy and and province in 1943-44 is well documented. Uh, some quick background, 1940 defeat left France's North African units nearly intact besides the European Corps of Legionnaires, Zouaves and Chasseurs d'Afrique. Uh, many indigenous troops were in uniform, in particular the Trailers, the first Moroccan division which caused so much trouble to the Panzers at Jemblo in May 1940. Ended up nearly decimated in Lille, France, and was formed 60% of Moroccans. The 1940 armistice considerably reduced the strength of these units. However, additional equipment, either covered up or authorized by the occupying forces, in front of the mounting British and French free French threat, meant that roughly 120,000 men were serving in North Africa in November 42. So France capitulates. And you have these colonial troops. You want to learn about them? Here's the place to learn. I do. I do. Yep. 
Great pictures. Always good history. The little little bits of history uh, expanded in that magazine, like that. Is it Trailiers? Maybe something like that. that Trailiers. That sounds better than what I'm saying. Next up is the Tunisian campaign, 1942-1943. Cool. Geography of Tunisia. And then there's this very cool little comic guys, like Man Magazine. It's like Jeff. It's, it's like, like yes, it's like Sergio. Uh, spy versus spy. Yeah. Or Sergio Argones, or I think that was his name or something, who did all of the uh, marginal art in Man uh, Magazine. Yeah. Those. Yeah, and it, and it tells a whole narrative story through the next like 10 pages or something. This is a must. This yeah. is a must. Yeah, I'm going to order another copy so because I know you won't give me that one. <laughs> so the race for Tunis, the first clashes, the French, the Dutch resistance, army, first army, German counter attack and so on. Battles of Kasserine and Operation Oshkenkopf. Mm. renewed allied advance it's got everything you'd want to know which means i didn't read all of it but when you're ready to go back to your west of alamein games and stuff like that play more desert oh yeah it's yeah yeah all desert stuff for you and then ben drew drew wrote an, an article about prisoners again mm. with great art one thing i highlighted this may explain why a lot of beginners and even seasoned players do not accept surrender and prefer to shoot at them on site more often instead of carrying them through the battlefield glad i'm not the only one yeah i've always been that way too but i've always been so intrigued by the concept it's, I mean, one of the, I, I got to say, I'm always torn about ASL because I love the detail. And at the same time, I hate the detail. So, <laughs> I mean, but Prisoners. Prisoners has been really interesting. Yeah. And Dave and I take them now. We've been making ourselves, right? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and it has been fun. We had them escape, you know. Oh, my gosh. Now the guard broke. What do we do? Well, right open your stupid book or more like open your stupid brain <laughs> take 10 minutes to read some rules yeah and have yeah. some fun with yes. some prisoners running around scrounging for weapons and whatnot yeah. right right yeah um he points out in the article um especially good you know it'd be especially good if you're playing a scenario maybe you've played it a couple of times already play it with without taking prisoners, you know, do no quarter and then play through it again and do the prisoners and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. He gives an example. It's a very basic example I noted at the top. Okay. I kind of maybe insultingly I wrote basic. Um, <laughs> not like I'm anyone to talk, but for people who do, right? But he, but he points out here, uh, escape prisoners are still unarmed. But they are now both a known and an enemy. No, they are now both a known enemy unit, and they're in good order. Right which means they can now contest concealment game. 
Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I mean, wow. there's more they can do. So even if they don't have a weapon or and are not likely to find or scrounge a weapon, they can still be effective in at least blocking concealment gain. Yes. And then yeah. the reverse of this coin, he points out, is that they are now eligible sniper targets and can now be targeted freely by their former captors, and it will not count as a massacre if you eliminate them, if they get killed. And he also notes that this is not even specific to the first hex of routing he's talking about. We'll figure it out as we go. For instance, a unit may be able to route one or two hexes without being interdicted, interdicted, but may have no option on the third hex to be interdicted. In that case, it must surrender to the known enemy unit. It began its route phase adjacent to. Oh, yeah. When you break next to a building with enemy when no you're in the building on the corner right and everything right. behind you is open ground right or there's a hex or two to go before the trees you i always i don't know what i thought but you break you have to surrender and if you have to use low crawl right if you're going to be interdicted you have to surrender instead because you can't. Oh, right. You're right adjacent to enemy. Yes. And you can't go right into cover. Right. They, they can't interdict you. Then you're going to surrender. And But yeah. I didn't realize it's it's not specific to the first hex, or maybe I did realize it. I don't know. So you're routing, and then you'll go to the next hex, and you could be interdicted there. You got to go all the way back and surrender. Maybe that doesn't happen much, or maybe I miss it. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, if a captor rejects the surrender, no quarter is in effect for that side, but it's not reciprocal. I'm wondering if when my opponent calls no quarter, I think I, we just play it like it's for everybody. Oh. I mean, I've just been playing Dave now for six months. I'll have to ask him what we've been doing lately. But I, I swear I do it wrong. So like he's doing no quarter and you're taking prisoners? If once he kills prisoners. Once he kills prisoners, it's no quarter. And I think I kind of assume that's for both of us. Often if you're the attacker, you're going to get more prisoners. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're the one moving up in the new buildings. Right. You get broken. You're going back into where you came from. They're right. the ones sitting. Well, often the attacker's trying to surround them and more likely to get yeah. Yeah. a situation where they'll have a prisoner and then therefore take no quarter. And then maybe it's just never come up. We just keep playing. and But anyway... For you guys yeah. out there, no quarter is not reciprocal. Just because they killed your guys doesn't mean okay. you have to kill theirs. Yes, he also points out prisoners are not counted for stacking purposes. Thus, they do not cause overstacking. So a guard can still occupy a one-squad foxhole with up to five prisoner squads. Okay, well, okay. And he writes, making the foxhole quite crowdy. Yeah. 
yeah so there's little things like that i i mean again i'm telling you i'm learning some things or rethinking some things uh and then finishing up here uh prisoners do not pin by themselves but they share the guard status if it is pinned okay so also so as the guards all drop you know the prisoners all drop yeah um also they count as a unit for random selection in case of a k slash or kia okay yeah makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, which means they're decent human shields. Again, sad to talk about, but right. and can sometimes save their guards' butt. To top the cake off, they still count double victory points if eliminated by their side. Oh, well, some things, some interesting things to consider there. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, prisoners may assist the guards in some duties, like entrenching or rubble flame. I remember we talked about this on our show. Yes, yeah. we did. Yeah. Yeah. I've never used that, but that would be handy. Yep, and don't forget you can interrogate them if allowed by SSR. As soon as you get the prisoners, you can interrogate. So if you got the SSR for interrogation, you want to take prisoners is what he's pointing out. I want to take some prisoners and have them dig foxholes. Yep. Even if there's even if there's nothing to do with the foxholes, as usually there <laughs> isn't, but just go I do dig. like the idea that, yeah. Go dig some back here. Yeah. Behind the front where I won't be going. That's right. Um, and then we have the article on the boards we covered last time. Yeah, um, those beautiful boards. The rule section by Jean Pascal Paoli, Paoli about, again, the Hillocks, the Wadis. Some tactical advice on DTO. Use entrenchments behind Hillocks. This is from Jean, Jean Pascal Paoli. Okay. Use entrenchments behind hillocks and inside Dier's to pop up in and out of line of sight. Oh, okay. Good little tip. Yeah. He, he says, fire pot shots at infantry whenever you can in the desert. Because it's open ground, you know. Yes, uh, right. Yeah, why uh, not? In the same idea, or in the same vein, I think he means, use overrun even with the most basic vehicle. A truck making an overrun is usually no more than a one firepower. But in the open ground deserty stuff, it's a one at neg one. Okay, yeah, that's good. Average yep. roll seven minus one six starts yeah. to look good. Yeah. And use all forms of smoke in the desert, of course. Yes. Wide open terrain. And he's got even more hit pointers and hints. And then we still have the Steve Swan and Robert Hammond article, which we oh covered gosh. last time with Olive Groves and remember the Oasis Well rules, right. the Mosque Temple, and so on. And then Robert Hammond is writing an article called The Russian Civil War in Manchuria, Siberia, and Outer Mongolia. Oh, my gosh. Um, the following historical special rules apply to all scenarios in the rising star falling cross the Russian Civil War in Manchuria, Siberia, and Outer Mongolia scenario pack, as well as to all scenarios depicting these nationalities within this issue of Lefranc Terror. An HSR historical scenario rule referred to by SSR is delineated by a pound symbol followed by the rule number. Yeah, looking at these rules, it's really the ones from the Russian 
Civil War pack. And so I, it wasn't called that title. Oh, right. So these are the ones that you played? Yeah. They're oh. great. They're great. I love them. So maybe we should interview Robert again about that rather than yeah. Asmo. Yeah, yeah. Because we discussed these uh, just in terms of what you've been playing lately, I believe, and probably what's in the box. And yeah, I think it's maybe there's something new to it, but they're here for you now. Everybody can get a hold of them if you can't get a hold of that from the seller pack. You can, now can just get this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that was from the seller pack four, right? Okay, right, right. Which was, it's been a while. Yeah, but it, we it's loved them. Like 10 years or something. Or... Yeah, it had all the ways to do the different, you know, forces. The yeah. Czech, Czech Legion, the White Russians, the Red Russians. Yes, know. right. I say 10 years, it's probably been 15 <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I played some with Barkalo before he left. Yeah, okay. Florida. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we haven't looked at the scenarios yet. Maybe there's a few in this pack. So this is just a historical article to go along with. It, the... It's a reprint of FTC oh, four okay. without any scenarios, without any counters. Okay. As far as I can tell, Robert, jump in, put a comment or call us and leave a voicemail yeah uh and then there's uh torsten cumberland wrote an article on night and the desert excellent uh i noted that in this article i will focus on the combination of night and desert which pertain to other theaters and types of terrain such as pto use of noba during the night and such a player wishing to delve further into the night rules should consult some more general articles out there. And that is the end of LFT 15. Add for River Cree again, past supporter of the show. On the back. Voila. Amazing. I'm sure we won't That's have time awesome. for the scenarios today. Yeah. That, there's a lot of stuff. It, you know, for $90, and, and uh, folks, you can get this. You can go to Bounding Fire Productions and look at the LFT um pages and they've got this particular volume 15 for 90 dollars in the united states and it's 120 dollars for every other place in the world before we go off did we want to address the upcoming halloween scenarios from oh yeah we could take a quick look rumble jones yes i think we got a preview copy so i don't know when these will be posted but they will be available so um, it's not not specifically uh, Halloween, but no, he has taken um, taken the storyline from the Eagle Has Landed, the book by what was his name, Jack. Can't remember the author's name now. Jack. Oh, Sp Spratt. Jack Spratt. Jack Spratt. Yes. Uh, uh Anyway, and it was also a movie which. If it was made in the 70s and it was kind of a World War II movie, it probably featured Michael Caine. You know, there's some. <laughs> it was it was Jack Higgins. Jack Higgins. That's it. Jack Higgins. Um, Michael Caine. Let's see who else was in there. Treat Williams. Um, I have to look up the rest. 
but it was kind of a good movie. It's been a really, really long time since I've seen it. But uh, so, the, and he's got three scenarios kind of based on the movie. The idea behind the movie is a plot to kidnap Adolf Hitler. No, wasn't it? It was to kidnap uh, Churchill. Yes. Did it, well, Who did I say? Hitler. Oh, I did? Oh, yeah. It's so, never a plot to kidnap him, only assassinate him. Yes. Uh, these will be Churchill, a, of course. available on his website. Yeah. blog as well as oh he also told us he had swap it's the nights that we were talking about last show that um scott ha had those two um it'll, it'll be on the asl scenario archive yes yes so it's three scenarios i think it's two well one map map board that you use for the whole thing. And then there's something else included. I it may be from the book, just kind of an overview of the town or something. Yeah. Well, he sent us like a picture from the authors or, or someone reworking yeah. from the book, the map, like from the story. Yeah. What it would look like. And then the PDF of the final map. Yeah. One one it's, it's is arrows, you're right. The eagle has landed, the ambush. Yeah in which uh, the American player wins by controlling Joanna Gray's house, the office building, Studley Arms Pub, and the mill. The American player may also elect to destroy the British truck in lieu of controlling one of the objective buildings. So again, without seeing the movie, but you get this small set of um, Americans, Jeeps, and half squads, bazookas, but the Germans really are all well. No, they got five half squads and then some heroes, and it's like a captured British truck. And in the second scenario, you can look forward to following Colonel Pitt's disastrous assault on something constable. The surviving Rangers fall back to regroup, and the victory conditions: the Americans want to control the church, and then Germans are trying to have. First, Kurt Steiner escape. Anyway, then there's four half squads for the Germans and some leader counters. And again, very small, five turn games, very fun. Special rule four on that one the escape of Oberst Kurt Steiner. On turn four, Liam Devlin enters the church through the secret tunnel on the German friendly close combat phase. Steiner may attempt to escape by rolling a close combat attack. So that's the kind of fun little stuff. Yes, and the movie looks like fun. Though it doesn't get great reviews, but... Oh, do you have any reviews point, up? 6.9 out of 10 on the uh, on uh, IMDb. Okay. It probably, it probably makes sense, right? Like, yeah. you don't think of it as the classic, classic film. Right. We're not all oh. showing our kids that, right? Right. Hey, boys, let's watch... <laughs> Yeah, longest day or great yeah. escape or yeah. yeah, you know, bridge too far or this one you'd need a lot of good popcorn, which I'm sure I couldn't come up with. All righty. So anyway, looking forward to those scenarios, and I think that'll be a show then, eh? Uh, I would say so. Great to see you, Dave. Good to see you. And folks, remember to roll low. And rally well, but not, but not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye everybody. I can't believe it took us 25 takes to get that correct.
do it again. Okay. You say Rolo. Okay. I say really well, and we okay. both say it at a normal pace. Okay. Okay. Remember, folks, to oh, Rolo. In... <laughs> All right. One more. No, include this. Okay. Let's yeah, do one more. You introduce it. And you and take 25. It's like in church when the pastor's talking slow so everybody can stay with him, but then it's really too slow when you're doing the. You ever stand up and kind of twirl your hand in the air like, could you pick things up a little bit there, sir? No, but when we sing happy birthday, I, I hate how slow it gets. I sing it oh, faster and faster. Yeah. 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 Golly, it's not a dirge, right? That's right. You're right. That one drives me crazy. I was at a client and everybody was like, nobody wanted to start singing. It's like, oh, it's the boss's birthday. Is everybody's like, eh. so I just picked it up. I said, happy birthday to, to you. Yes. Birthday. Happy birthday to you. Hey, happy birthday. Dear. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't start a fit, it starts going slower and slower. Yeah.